nothing that we've done, but it's through Christ in us. Amen. We're so thankful tonight. Let's just sing as we go to prayer, maybe to God be the glory, my tribute. I'm thankful tonight for his grace. Amen.
lives and we can look back at moments and times for the things he has done, for what he's done, for how he saved us, his healing power, his healing touch in our lives. We're just so thankful tonight for his grace. We have a couple of prayer requests here. Maybe Brother Jeremiah, if you could come in from the service in a word of prayer. We've got Sister Iris Drake is asking prayer for her grandson, AJ, who's in the hospital. He's very sick and needing a healing touch from the Lord. Sister Cora Chen also wants to pray for her mother, Sister Li Ping. She's in need of a miracle and also her salvation. So Jeremiah, if you could come. If you have a need, God is here to meet every need. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we come before you this evening, Lord. Before the throne of grace, Lord Jesus. Lord, we want to declare that we love you, Lord, with all of our hearts, oh God. The words inside, Lord, we cannot express sometimes, Lord Jesus, that just want to utter forth, oh God. But Lord, we just want to tell you of our love, Lord Jesus, and our appreciation, oh God, for purchasing us, oh God, with your blood. Lord, we can stand here purchased and redeemed, Lord, your bride, Lord Jesus. We're thankful for that, oh God. Lord, we stand upon your word, and your word says that by your stripes we are healed. We have two needs here, Father, and there's several unspoken needs I know, O oh God. Father, we just want to stand on your word, Lord. Lord, that is what you've given us to conquer the enemy. Your word, O oh God. So, Lord, may you move on your word, O oh God. Come down and meet these needs, O oh God. Meet the needs of your people, your bride, Lord Jesus, your love, O oh God. Lord, we love you with all of our hearts. We just want to express these needs to you, O oh God, and we want to, Lord, we want to look forward to your word, what you would bring forth. Lord, move the man aside that would come and minister to us, or minister, minister to us, O oh God. And Father, may we just not have any thought of the day, Lord. May we just be the moment, O oh God, what you would have for us in this moment. We love you. Thank you. We ask these things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. special tonight. We have an announcement for the Christmas concert next Thursday. That's December the 14th. Um, there will be more information on the bulletin board on, in the back in the fellowship room. Um, the school just wants you to know also that there will be a bake sale before and after, and there's sales going on as well right now, so you can have that ready. Also, I think there is a, is there a picture? You can throw up the picture there. Beautiful little baby boy. Uh, let me pull up the announcement. <laughs> the Neighbor and the Waldner family are pleased to announce the arrival of Wyatt Paul Neighbor, born to Nathan and Rachel Neighbor on December 3rd. Six and a half pounds and 15 ounces, 20.25 inches long. So I'm sure the Neighbor family and the Waldner family are very happy tonight. So that's we can. <laughs> Praise God for life. Amen. Sister Julie.
love of God. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the And we're 
He's no stranger to us. We welcome him as a brother, as a son, as one of us. Just ask that he would have his liberty and speak the word of life to us. Amen. Let's just sing as we turn the service to him. It is well with my soul. When peace like a Let's all stand. Tendeth my way. When so
Florida. Can you say it's well with your soul? Amen. Circumstances can be odd sometimes and may not be feeling very good, but I'm glad we can say it's well with our soul. Amen. It's good to be here tonight. Praise the Lord. Thank you, thank you, musicians, so much. It's so nice to worship the Lord together. And uh, it's good to sing songs and pray and to gather together and hopefully hear something good. It's been nice to be here for a few days. We've been here since Saturday. It's the first time we've been back on the mainland for five or six days since we lived here. We enjoyed communion service on Sunday. That was special. So praise the Lord for that. I appreciate Brother Tom for asking me to speak on tonight. This, we didn't plan this, but we've been trying to connect for a year or two, so just glad that it worked out. And um, I don't know, did, the, did you get my picture at all? Did the audio video get my picture? They didn't get it? Okay, I was going to show you a picture of the church in Victoria, but they send their greetings also. I'm seeing a mouse move. It was an audio video. That's fine. No worries. But the church in Victoria sends the greetings to you also. There's about 20 or 30 people there. And uh, COVID, during COVID, they closed our building down because we don't own our building. So we had to meet in parks or on Zoom and different places like that. But now we're back in a communi- community center in Victoria. So if you're around, 3.30 to 5.30, Victoria West Community Center, come see us. Berlin Salm, different ones there. Um, it's, just, it's good to be able to gather together regularly, be a lighthouse. Some new believers have arrived from Jamaica and Zimbabwe. So maybe you'll see some on watch night. So praise the Lord. Let's just turn to the word if you don't mind. We're going to do Hebrews chapter 6. Then after that, we'll go to James chapter 1, which is just a few pages over to the right. And Victoria, it's about 20 people, usually 30, so you still get nervous speaking, but there's a lot of people here, so just help me out a little bit if you don't mind. I spoke at a camp this summer, but it's still, it's very, I'm not used to it anymore. <laughs> so, we'll do our best, praise the Lord. Um, Hebrews chapter 6, let's start at verse 1 if you don't mind. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of jud- resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And this will we do, if God permit. Amen. I see you, maybe they have their photo as we turn to Book of James, if you don't mind. Do you have that photo? I see someone's mouse over top of it. You're much more high-tech than in Victoria. We have a bookshelf we turn sideways as a pulpit. (laughs) But I see uh, a lot of mouses and things moving here. I think it's coming there. Sorry for the delay. There you are. Praise the Lord. (laughs) You know, we're a bit of a mystery to you. We can stream you, and we see you. We kind of know what you're up to and what you're preaching. We watch the prayer requests and things like that. It's a more bit of a mystery. But there, there are some of the believers there. Some of them, you know, that's Brother Anselm on the bottom left. And some new faces have arrived. Brother Blessing, he speaks also. He's in the top right beside me. You're, you're right, yes. And he speaks sometimes. And uh, it's just a blessing to be able to gather. The Motley family's not there, but they're up in Ladysmith. So it's just, 
there we are. Doing what we can for the Lord, amen? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thanks for finding that photo. I appreciate that. Just wanted to give you some context so you just don't think that I'm lying in a hammock on the island or something, right? <laughs> We've been busy. We've been busy, amen? <laughs> so if you don't mind, Book of James, if you're already there, thank you very much for finding that. And digging in the archives. Hallelujah. Just want to read uh, probably four verses here. Book of James, chapter 1. It says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Knowing this, the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have a perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Amen. If you don't mind, let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, it's so precious to be able to gather together. And Lord, we believe that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You're able to fulfill all your word and... Lord, you're still able to do the mysterious, Lord Jesus, the unexpected, Father. And, but, Lord, we're just expecting you to be true to yourself, to be true to your attributes, Lord. So may you release your mercy, release your grace, release your goodness, Lord. Let our faith reach out and be able to possess these things. Healing, Lord, deliverance, encouragement, Father. You love us. You love your children. And if we ask for fish, you're not going to give us a serpent or a stone. So, Lord, help us ask and help us ask abundantly knowing that you own a cattle on a thousand hills. And Lord, we just commit the service to you. May you be glorified, not man, but may you. And may our hearts be encouraged. And may we not only burn with fire and not know what's going on, but we know, may we know that we're walking with you, I pray. Be with those who are streaming too, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Can I have your seats? All right. Praise the Lord. So those of you, if you don't know me, most of you do, but if you don't, I'm pretty simple. Some people think I'm a little different or a little odd. I tell my wife I'm the most normal person I know. <laughs> but uh, I want to speak to you tonight. My subject is called Brother James. All right? And uh, I've spoken on aspects of this in Victoria, but I just can't seem to get it off my heart. But I'm going to take a bit of a loop. It's going to take me a little while to get there, so just bear with the odd beginning. And I won't be long. Um, Wednesday night. I know you have school and work tomorrow, as do we. But I've been in the message now for almost 20 years, since 2004. Brother Tom Ray baptized me in there. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh my, 20 years. And uh, you know, since then, I've been able to do quite a few things. Uh, I've been to Arizona. I've been to Sunset and Catalina and all those different kind of places. I was married by Brother Biscoll in 2008. Um, I've been to Jeffersonville, I've been to Shimps, and had red-hot candies, amen. <laughs> My first year in the message, a sister said, oh, we got red-hots. And I was like, what are those? She's like, aren't you a message believer? <laughs> I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but I know what red-hots are now, amen. After 20 years, you should have the revelation that red-hots are Brother Bram's favorite candy, and they're good. So I've been there. I've got that badge. I've been moose hunting with Brother Dave Jabernov. Hallelujah. And Brother Biscoll and Brother Sam, different, Brother Blake Howe, that was a good time. By the grace of God, I was able to help put my shoulder to the wheel and build some of BCA, help renovate Mount Baker Bible Way Camp, and that was enjoyable. <laughs> Amen. I've been to China. I've been to, I've been to Sister Lou's house there in Shenzhen a long time ago. That was what a, such a wonderful trip. Met Brother Caleb, Brother David, Brother LV, all these different brothers, by the grace of God. I began preaching in 2010, roughly. Helped start the church in Victoria with Brother Anselm and different ones in 2010. I've been to different conventions and camps, and I've been overseas to, to Belgium to help speak there, and that was wonderful. 
And uh, I'm not saying these things to, to share my resume or my scout badges. Many of you have done many, many things also. But I just feel myself, and I believe that if you've been around a long time too, you can say you've experienced things. You've seen things. You've tasted things. You don't remain green forever, all right? And you've had good times and you've had bad times. You've had mountaintops and you've had valleys. <laughs> you've had palaces and you've had pits like Joseph. All right? We go through these different times and seasons of our lives, and some are definitely more enjoyable. Sometimes the more enjoyable don't mold as much character, but uh, <laughs> I'm glad we don't live our lives in pits and so forth. But we experience things. Amen? I've, I've seen, I've, I've had mysteries revealed to me. Hallelujah. I've seen gifts on display. I've seen great acts of charity and kindness and sacrifice. I've heard Brother Peter shuffling down the BCA hallways as he's just building it and building it and building it. You know, you can just tell Brother Peter was coming by his shuffle down the concrete hallways. Great acts of sacrifice have I seen. I've been around brothers who've had great knowledge and wisdom of life and of the message. Hallelujah. I appreciate those times. And I've also had heartache, tragedy, as of some of you. Is this true? Amen. I'm going a long way around to my point that I'm going to make, but uh, I know this may sound humorous, but I, I feel a little bit like David in Psalms 37. I've been young, but now I'm old. <laughs> and I know many of you are older than me, all right? I know it's, it's kind of like when you're watching the Sunday school children sing, and all of a sudden there's a lyric about being weary and worn. It's like, you're five. I mean, <laughs> life will get better, you know? <laughs> so I, I know, I'm not, I know I'm, not, I don't, I'm not that old, okay? But, you know, if you experience things, you accumulate some experience, all right? Not as much as, as these brothers here, but even I, I'm glad I turn around, I, I'm glad I see you smiling. Amen? How much have they had gone through? How much burden do they bear? Hallelujah. I'm glad that I, I'm not the pastor in Victoria. We don't have a pastor yet. But just me and Brother Anselm are just trying to do something for the Lord, trying to organize something and trying to be a lighthouse. And for bigger problems, we kind of lean on these fellows. <laughs> We call ourselves Victoria Bible Way. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. You know, when you're young, you romanticize preaching. You romanticize going on missions trips. That'd be amazing. But as you go, get older, it's like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> it's hard. It's a burden. Amen. And, and the, the, the burden of knowledge also of different people's problems and so forth. And I'm not in as in deep of the trenches as these brothers. All right? But as you go on, time goes on. I didn't think in 2004 I'd be facing 2023. Didn't think I'd have a daughter who'd be taller than my wife. She's 13. Amen? And my son, he's 10. And I thank God for my family. Thank God for my in-laws and all my friends and people that I've met. It's been so nice to be here. And whenever we come, too, we always get um, so many invites. And I'm so, I'm so happy for that. I wish I could meet them all. But all these things that I've experienced... As have you have experienced, you know, by the grace of God, when I examine my life and when I examine what I've seen, I have such a hunger for maturity. I have such a hunger in my own life for maturity and in the lives of others. All right? So that's, that's where I want to go tonight. Speaking about Brother James and as we read from Hebrews 6 and so forth. But often the Bible uses the word perfect or perfection, but another meaning for that is maturity. Let us go on unto perfection. Let us go on unto maturity. All right? That should be our aim. That should be the completion. That's, that should be where we're going. We should have a vision of going on unto perfection. To becoming like Christ in bride form. 
Amen? That seed that was in, in, in the ground comes forth with many seeds. So we want to progress in becoming more like Christ. Amen? We can look at Brother Branham and says, man, he was so much like the Lord Jesus. All right? Because he was looking at the Lord Jesus. So we have examples that help us, by the grace of God, become more like the Lord Jesus. And as we progress and as we mature, it's not that we abandon foundational principles. They intertwine into everything we do into the future. All right? So when it says, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God, the scripture that we read at the beginning. In the Amplified, it says, therefore, let us get past the elementary stage in the teachings about Christ. Advancing on to maturity and perfection and spiritual completeness. Doing this without laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. Let's go on. Amen? But let's also make sure we have the elementary aspects too. Can't go on to maturity without a proper foundation. Alright? So they work together. And once you have a foundation, that's not the end. You don't, say, you don't have a foundation and say, your new house. <laughs> Go in your, with your suitcase on your concrete foundation and says, what a beautiful house, honey, right? You're going to go on with it, all right? But you don't want to build a house without a foundation. Well, in this country, in some other countries maybe you can, but spiritually speaking, we want to make sure we have a correct foundation. And then everything builds up on top of that. Or else, if we get too top-heavy, not a proper secure foundation, we'll, at some point in time, we'll collapse and we'll fall over, all right? Let's make sure that we have a proper foundation, but let's also, let's mature. Let's grow. Let's go on unto perfection. And all the things that we learn in the elementary stages, they're all a part of the advanced stages. Two plus two equals four. That math that you learn there is all part of the future stages. A square is still a square in the future stages. Four equal sides and so forth. So the basic things all connect with the more advanced things. All right? It's kind of like the example Brother Benham often gives, uh, gives about the wheat. How the stalk helps out the tassel, which helps out the shuck, which helps out the grain. But you can't have the grain again without the stalk, without the tassel, without the shuck. They're all st necessary stages that have to grow and have to happen for this come back to seed again. All right? So we need to make sure that these stages are happening in our, in, not only in our lives, but the lives of those around us. All right? And the Lord Jesus, he's the great master of the field, and he's watching over us as we grow amongst tares. I'm so glad he's watching over us. <laughs> but he's not coming back to harvest a bunch of stalks. All right? So you can say, when's the rapture? Is the rapture close? How is the maturity? How much are we like Christ? All right? If we're immature, always fighting, and always different doing things, and carnal, well, there's probably some more maturing to take place. And I, I like this concept of maturity because... Sometimes we see things and we wonder, and rather than just writing somebody off, just maybe there's some immaturity, all right? Maybe we should have some more grace and say, is there some more warmth that they need? Is there some more light that they need that I can help them grow? Not so quickly writing different people off. So hallelujah, the foundation, like in 1 Corinthians 15, 3, Christ died for our sins. Amen. This is the gospel I declare unto you, that Christ died for our sins. Thank God for that. Let's not forget that. Amen. We can't earn our salvation by our works. As Ephesians 2, 8, 10 says, by grace we are saved through faith, not of works. We cannot earn our salvation, no matter how hard we try. Though we give our body to be burned and all these different kinds of things, we cannot earn our salvation. 
all right? So we need to make sure these foundational principles are in our lives. We don't want to go a whole life in the message trying to earn our, our way into the rapture, trying to earn our way into salvation. Lay the foundation correctly. There's nothing you can do to earn it. He died for you. I believe it. Hallelujah. Send me the token, Lord Jesus. Quicken me, Father. So let's make sure the foundation is laid correctly. Let's build our house upon a rock. Let's not build our house upon sand. But then let's grow. Let's progress. Let's lay in the presence of the sun. Let the word fall into the good ground of our heart. <laughs> good ground is soft, humble, <laughs> full of regenerative material. In Matthew 13, it says, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth the way that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received the seed by the wayside. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same is he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it, receiveth it, yet hath no root in himself, but dureth for a time. But when tribu tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is offended. He also that receives the seed amongst the thorns is he that heareth the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitful of rich, deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. In Luke 8, that same stage, it says, And that which fell among thorns are they which, when they have heard, go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection, to maturity. All right? Cares of the riches, pleasures of this life can choke it out. But he that receives the seed into good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it. Able to put it together. <laughs> recognize who Jesus Christ is. Recognize what he did for you. Recognize that it's his spirit alone that comes and quickens your heart. Hallelujah. Be able to put it together correctly and not always be going your whole Christianity wondering if you're saved or not. Anchor it down. Amen. Lord, make this real to me so I can move on. Progress. So I can do something for you. So we can have fellowship. So I don't live under a cloud my whole existence. <laughs> Oh my. So are you following me a little bit? We want to progress. We want to mature. We want to help others mature. I have a desire to mature and to grow, to become what God wants me to be. All right? I don't believe... We have different ceilings in our lives. None of, none of us will be exactly like Brother Branham, okay? He was a messenger, seventh church age messenger, Malachi 4 and so forth, right? But we have a place that we can mature to. And we want to help others mature also. And not despise the maturing process. Not say, hurry up. Become like me or whoever. <laughs> right? In my backyard, we have some uh, blackberries and strawberries. And um, when they're green, I'm not mad at them. Right? I'm, like, I'm just like, wow, look at them. They're coming. I think to myself, how can I help the little fellows? <laughs> then I can eat them. <laughs> right? They're going to be green for a while. There's laying in the sun, getting some water, got to make sure to take care of them, that they get the right atmosphere, that they get the right nutrients, so that they can come to where they're supposed to be. Amen. Their maturity, their perfection is not greenness. It's to get nice and dark and purple or red and become a smoothie. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so it's important for us, or like, not maybe myself or the elders, or who, if you've been in the road a long time, Sometimes you can get a little long in the tooth and a little grouchy with young people, right? It's like, we should be way beyond that. He's 12. You know what I mean? 
have some grace. There's always going to be young ones amongst us and always newcomers coming in. It's not like you've been here for a month. Tell me the seven seals. Right? We need to have some grace with one another, right? As we want to have, as we need God to have grace with us. We need to have grace with others. Sometimes we're just too far past our salvation experience where we think it's like, it's me, man. I'm the reason I'm a Christian. It's like, if the grace of God didn't pick you up, you're nothing. Like, no matter how nice we look tonight, when I first came here, I was living in my car. I was in a Volkswagen Golf in the far parking lot, and the deacons came and met me. (laughs) But the grace of God, it can do something in our lives. Some people had some patience with me, right? They had some grace with me. They helped me grow, and I hope we can help others grow as well. Hallelujah. We need to help each other grow. Those who come in. And sometimes life makes us tired. And it's harder to be gracious with others because we're worn out from life. Paying the bills, you know, dealing with spam phone calls, right? Those are fun. Life can be very exhausting sometimes. Would you agree? I mean, who loves commuting an hour and a half over bridges and so forth? You know, people merging in front of you. And it's like, what is this? This is not my home. Amen? I don't want to love this place too much where I don't want to go into rapture. The spirit and the bride say, come. All right? Not like, how long can I stay here? This is so wonderful. No. God has us here for a purpose. So I, I don't want to despise my days that are here. All right? <laughs> I wake up in the morning and it takes me a while to wake up, you know? I'm not sure about you, but I'm not like wide awake right away. But there's a joy in my heart where it's like, I, I don't always feel great. I don't always want to go to work. But I'm glad that God is real. Because <laughs> I was raised not knowing that God was real. What a huge revelation that is. These things that we take for granted, which can make us too starchy sometimes. Lord, give me the freshness. Give me the tenderness. Hallelujah. Don't let me get too old and long in the tooth and just grouchy. Don't let Satan crown my life a crabby old man. Right? Where just every little thing sets us off. Just backhanding everything, you know? (laughs) Oh, my. (laughs) I love the Lord so much, and I'm so glad for his goodness in our lives. I want to give a strange example. I had it here. You know, I have notes, and it's like, where? Some I'll speak on, some I won't. But, um... Last year, we were, went to BC, with BCA, Abigail was there, Sharon Enter. Some of the BCA kids were going to Parliament Building, and they invited me and Sarah to come along, which was wonderful. I'd never been before. All right, so we went to Parliament Building in Victoria and so forth, and uh, it was a good time. We had a good time with the, little, the young people, not kids, but with the young people. It's always nice to get around young people. And uh, we went to the, through the Parliament, and then after that, we were going to Miniature World. Okay? You know what I'm talking about, kind of, in Victoria there? So we're going to Miniature World, and all of a sudden, my, my son shows up, because my son is going to come to Miniature World with us, but he wasn't at Parliament. And Austin Van Enter, he says, Simeon, where'd you come from? And Simeon said, I just showed up now. And Austin said, sweet, and gave him a fist pump. And it's, Austin, it so touched my heart to be kind to the young, another young person, to be welcoming. It's so small, but it makes such a big deal. Especially since it's to my son. <laughs> you do something nice to my kids, it's like, wow. But just doing something kind and something nice, even as a young person, can make a huge difference as we grow, as we perfect, as we mature. 
as we transform and not be deformed. I mean, even as a young person, you know, the voice of God spoke to Brother Benham and said, don't drink or smoke or defile your body in any way. There'll be a work to do when you get older. That was the word to him at a young age. All right, there is a word to our children at a young age that they can grasp. Stay away from these things. There'll be a work to do and do the right things. Treat others well. Be nice. Be kind. Oh, my. Me and my, my best friend from high school, we've, I've said this before, I know, but I said, if there's one thing I could, I wish I could, if I could go back in time and do high school again, the main thing I would do is be kinder to other people. You will never regret being kind and charitable to people. You will regret being mean and caustic and tearing people down. But extending grace, extending love, being welcoming. A warm hat, water pump handshake. Not just like, you know, hey, you know, I don't need you. I have enough friends. You know, I don't, I don't need you. To be welcoming. To look people in the eye. God bless you. <laughs> it makes such a big difference. As, the, as not just the young ones, but the older ones grow. We mature. We progress. So I don't want to take too long here, but one message that keeps on attracting me is works is faith expressed. I keep going back to it and back to it and back to it about this concept of maturity. And Brother Ram says, now I'm like Brother Gerholzer here. We're old men. We've been in this a long time. We've seen the pros and cons and everything and praying for the sick around the world and seeing the disappointments of people and seeing the hallelujahs from every side. Then all this, we learn by it. Now when as boys, when we started preaching this, Brother Gerholzer, it was like we started to swim. The first thing you know, it used to be that I'd get out and Brother Jack and Brother Brown have to walk me on the street night after night to try to get myself around to myself. And I'd stand there like a little kid splashing the water, seeing visions, you know? Just going to go down a bit. It's like you're learning to swim, you know? You splash the water and you go across the pool. I made her. Now, after you learn to swim, more graceful is the stroke. And it don't wear you out so much. See, that's it. You learn how to do it and cut every corner and make it better and at more of an ease. See? A little boy that never walked would try to walk down this aisle here. He would fall down a dozen times and be worn out before he got there. But anyone who knows how to walk, an athlete, would walk right down that aisle and never even notice doing it. Well, he had to start with, he had to start with stumbling, start with crawling. But that's where he's at now, he says. Well, that's the same thing with preaching and divine healing and anything else. As you go along, you begin to learn. If you don't learn, there's something wrong. You've got to learn, and you've got to learn how to accept God and what it really means. I love that quote. There's so much there. But you know, I don't, I don't want us to misinterpret like splashing in the water and like think we're really good swimmers, right? Or like dog paddling and thinking we're Olympians, spiritually speaking, right? Wow, you know, I'm so spiritual. But sometimes that's how we are. It reminds me, of, I used to think I was a good swimmer, naturally. You know, go in the summer in the lake and so forth. And one time my friend was there and he was a competitive swimmer. And we were playing water tag. And I was, you know, running, swimming away from him. And all of a sudden he comes flying out of the water doing the breaststroke. And I was like, what? You know, just, just flying at me. And I thought, this, this is a good swimmer. All right? And sometimes we just need to see a more mature believer. Oh, that, that's how it is. That's possible. That kind of love, that kind of wisdom, that kind of the mind of Christ being in an individual. How do I get like that? Show me. 
oh, Lord, help us grow and help us mature. Amen. Amen. But not despise the splashing. Not despise the dog paddling. All right? There's stages we have to progress through. And sometimes it's embarrassing where we're at, but it's better to be honest than hide it. It's like, this is all I've known for 30 years is just dog paddling. Well, let's see what we can do. <laughs> let's see how we can help you. Amen. And then we help one another grow and progress and learn to swim and learn to walk with God. Amen. Learn to, learn to be more consistent in walking in the Spirit. Because I'm sure we've all had times before where it's like, wow, there was just like so many things just happened and God was with me. And then other times it just feels dry and empty and like not much is happening. So how do we conduct ourselves in either season? Are we reliant upon feelings? Or can we conduct ourselves as a mature Christian, whether things are good or bad, or I have a feeling or not? Whether the hair stands up in my neck or not? Do I know God's real? Am I dependent upon a revival? Right? Do I always need the altar? Do I always need more oil? Right? There's times where we need that. I'm not, so there's both sides, right? But we want to learn to trust God. Remember Brother Murphy? Amen to fall on him, Brother Michael. Hallelujah. As time goes on, he's done so much for us. We shouldn't ever wonder if he's, we can wonder sometimes, but it should be more of a, we should have more trust in the Lord based upon what he's done for us and based upon the word. Amen. So let us help us grow, mature, and progress. So Works as Faith Express has been a very encouraging book for me the last couple of years. Another book has been the book of James. I just love it. <laughs> I just love it. I love it. I love it. I'll read other books, and that's good, and I get into them, and I enjoy them, but it's always like back to James. Back to James. Amen? So who is James? In Galatians 1.9, Paul says, But other of the apostles saw I none save James, the Lord's brother. All right? So James was born of Mary, but we know Mary was like an incubator for Jesus, if you know the message, all right? But that's of the family James was from. Okay, so he was a real insider in the message of the hour. <laughs> he was really in there, all right? Galatians 2.9, Paul says, And when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given unto me, they gave to me and Barnabas the right hands of fellowship, that we should go unto the heathen, and they unto the circumcision. So Paul called James a pillar. Seemed to be pillars. All right, Paul was a church age messenger. <laughs> they seemed to be pillars but he knew who he was too. But still, James was a pillar, especially to the Jews who became Christians. Following me a little bit? Okay. I want to make sure I don't go too fast. and I, know, I, do, I do know I mumble sometimes. In Acts chapter 15, James sort of had the last word at the council of the elders when they were trying to figure out about the Gentiles coming in, should they be circumcised or not. James kind of had the final word about not laying too heavy a burden upon the, the Gentiles that were coming in. Right? Acts 15, you know what I mean? Just make sure they don't eat things strangled in blood and so forth, and don't lay too heavy a burden upon them. That's just in itself that is such an interesting chapter. This is years after the death of Jesus, and they're debating circumcision. And we can look back on that because we kind of have um, retrospective arrogance, or like a, a hindsight high horse, like, ha oh, ha, you know, how could they not figure that out? That's the time they were living in. That's the dispensational change that was happening then, as Michael was speaking about on Sunday. Some of them, that's all they ever knew was the Jewish way. 
And they knew the story of Moses and Zipporah and the Lord coming to kill him at an inn because he didn't circumcise his son. So now this new covenant's coming, and it's like, we're doing away with circumcision? We can't do it, right? It was the shock of more light coming. Not new light, more light. Hallelujah. And it's a matter of predestination, too. Who's meant to receive it and who's not? But there was James. He was amidst all of these happenings. So I, I, I think about James, and I think he saw a lot. He experienced a lot. He was right there in the birthplace, and as things were happening, and things were unfolding, and he was rubbing shoulders with everybody you read about in the New Testament, and I just began to ponder, you know, what is he writing in his one epistle in the Bible? After all that he's seen, what's he talking about? Just that, that's how my thought process works a little bit, all right? And he really focuses on works. He really focuses on conduct, okay? Brother Bram says, again, in works is faith expressed, Speaking about Abraham, how Paul saw Abraham justified by faith. Abraham believed God and it was counted on him for righteousness. Speaking about that. He says, now the two men that were talking on faith, Paul justified Abraham by what God saw in Abraham. But James justified Abraham by what man saw in Abraham. See, now James said he's justified by works. Paul said he's justified by faith. But see, Abraham believed God. That's what God saw in him. He believed it. But then when he went to acting as though it was already done, that's what man saw. Okay? And that's the same as it is to us, because our works express what faith we have. All right? So if we have faith, we believe God, and we have faith in God, and he's changed our lives, there should be works. Because works is faith expressed. Another way you can think of it is your conduct is your revelation lived out. And our conduct needs to be measured against the word of God. Okay? Not just status quo or opinions. Definitely not pop culture. Okay? We don't want to measure our works. Oh, this is fine because the world says it's fine. It's not a good measuring stick. <laughs> All right? And uh, let's make sure that we know that. The world gets weirder every week. Just when you couldn't think it'd get any weirder, it just gets weirder. And you don't want to be consumed by the weirdness. Because you can't change it. It has to go a certain direction. But it's like, how do I navigate my life by not being consumed by these things? Knowing that God has me here for a purpose, amen. He can guide my footsteps. All right. So we want to make sure that we measure our life and our works according to the word of God. Sorry, one more sip. Sometimes we can measure our life just to pay, based upon church culture. Okay? We can take the dominant average of the believers and be like, okay, well, this is fine. But there's a mixture of believers amongst us. There can be three kinds of believers and there can be immaturity and sometimes different believers make mistakes. All right? So we still want to make sure that we're measuring ourselves against the word of God. I hope that we can say, follow me as I follow Christ or follow us as we follow Christ. But we need to be aware that everyone's going to have some kind of weak spots, some kind of hinder parts because we're still in the flesh. <laughs> we still have these mortal bodies. Even though we're saved, even though we're born again, even though God is with us, I'm still a Morton. That nature is still in this body. Though I, I'm so thankful for that gene scene in, inside of me. Amen. And I make sure that sin does not reign in my mortal body. Hallelujah. So it's important for us to, to realize I need to measure my life against the word of God. Because sometimes we come to church and we think, oh, this is it. I have arrived. Right? But it is in parts of this. 
God is in our midst, as Psalms 46 says. God is in the midst of her. But there's still humanity in our midst also. We're still moving, we're warring against principalities and powers and darkness and high places. And also just immaturity. But I'm so glad that in the midst of our, our mistakes and carnality, immaturity, whatever, God's purpose will still be accomplished regardless. That's how great our God is. I don't want to make mistakes, but I do. But God's purpose is going to be fulfilled in my life regardless. But I don't want to willingly make mistakes. And I don't like this, I don't like the saying, better to ask for forgiveness than permission. I don't like that at all. Right? Those kind of sayings come into our pop culture, not so much in the message, but in life. Better to ask for forgiveness than permission. No, I don't believe that. <laughs> better to ask first than willingly or make a mistake and cause harm. You know what I'm saying? So we need to make sure that we're measuring our lives against the Word of God. And again, remember, it's not our works that save us. Remember the foundation? You talk about works, people get nervous. But my life, you know, remember the foundation? Saved by grace? Christ died for your sins? Right? Sometimes when you talk specifically about works, people can get really nervous or really squeamish. And I get that. All right? But as I'm looking into the book of James, I'm looking into it not just to preach, but for my own life. Because I'm growing and I'm maturing also. Hallelujah. I want to progress. I want to go from splashing the water to great, more graceful strokes. From milk to meat. So if you, if you read the book of James, he kind of braids different truths together. He kind of mentions something, then it goes behind, and something else comes out. He just braids different truths. He talks about, like in... Chapter, verse 1, 2, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Hallelujah. He just brings out about trials. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Joy is like a positive, lasting emotion that comes from a choice to trust God to fulfill his word. Doesn't mean happiness. <laughs> count it joy because you can trust God to fulfill his word. Right? So count it all joy when you come into diverse temptations and trials, knowing this, the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have a perfect work, that it may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. So James brings this forth, then he picks something else up right after it. If it but he'll pick up trials again later. Okay? If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed, but let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And he goes on. But the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted, but the rich in that he is made low, because as the flower of the grass he shall pass away. For the sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat, but it withereth the grass, and the flower thereof falleth, and the grace of the fashion of it perisheth, so also shall the rich man fade in his ways. I'm going to jump forward a little bit, Okay. James begins to pick up these things. Then in verse 22, he says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like a, unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed." If any man among you seem to be religious, and bridleth not his own tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. 
Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. I want to I want to stop here and dwell on, on this one thread that James pulls out about the tongue. It's powerful. And sometimes we skip on, we skip through certain truths, but I just want to kind of focus on this for a bit. Look at that verse 26. If you don't, if you don't have a Bible, I'll read it to you again. But if any man among you Seem to be religious, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. So speaking of maturity, it's very important that we learn to bridle our tongue. Or else our religion is vain. <laughs> Amen. I don't want my religion, I don't want my life and the message to be vain. Okay? Vain means to be unreal, ineffectual, unproductive, godless, empty, profitless. Bridling means to curb, to restrain, to sway, to be a bit leader, to curb. So I want to make sure that I bridle my tongue. Amen? And in my thumbs. <laughs> we text so much. WhatsApp so much. It's important what we say. Would you agree? <laughs> and learning to bridle our tongue, to me, it's different than me delivering, being delivered from alcohol. It's not, a I'm not talking about a deliverance. You can be delivered from a lying spirit, but learning to master our tongue. Amen? That's getting into maturity. Okay? There's a quote here. Brother Ram says, One night while preaching, I thought I condemned sin in every way that I could condemn it. I combed it over and over till I wondered if the congregation would ever come back. And I thought, my, surely I've covered everything. God, when I meet you there, I can say I told him the truth. And as I went away, there was a lady, real flippy-like, flippy-like, Walked up to me and she said, well, preacher, you never struck me tonight. That's one thing. Not one thing you said ever bothered me. I'm above everything. Well, I thought that lady was in pretty good shape. She went flipping on like that, strutting along the aisle. I said, well, praise the Lord. I'm sure glad of that. She went on out. Some elderly ladies were standing there. I said, do you know her? They said, sure. She's the biggest gossiper there is in town. <laughs> you never said anything about gossip. There you are, see? Oh, my. But remember, brother, no matter what it is, what little sin there is, lay it aside. If I haven't struck it, may the Holy Spirit strike it to your heart tonight and mine. I like that so much. Sometimes we think, oh, they didn't say nothing, so I'm fine. Let the Holy Spirit strike our hearts. Hallelujah. To really mature, you have to have a desire to, to toe the mark with the Word of God. And be willing. And be able to take correction. The zeal of the hour is repentance. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Hallelujah. Oh my. So it's important for us to bridle our tongue and not gossip, right? Stories with missing context. Discourse at somebody else's expense. Amen? I'm sure we've all been guilty at some time. I said, Lord, forgive us, but help us mature. Help us repent. Let this not be a normal part of our culture. All right? If we want to get into it, talk about maturity. Amen? Talk about being rapture ready. You know, talk about being the bride of Christ. Such huge statements. <laughs> the bride of Christ. Huge statement. Amen? Oh my. So I don't want to just have big statements and big claims. It's like, Lord, let me be, the real, let the reality be there also. Hallelujah. And, and I know, just as, as a note, I know that not everything that we talk about will always be positive or enjoyable. 
okay? Like Paul has to be very corrective with the New Testament church. And he calls out the heirs of Hymenaeus and Alexander and Demas, etc. But these things were truthful. These things were still productive for the church to warn them about certain peoples or certain things that were crawling in. But sometimes a lot of things we talk about or text about are not necessary. All right? It's discourse at somebody else's expense. Okay? And we need to grow and mature, right, Brother Ray? Amen. I know in my own tongue, sometimes I have such a mind to see if some things that are funny. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, Lord, let me just bite my tongue sometimes. Is this at somebody else's expense? Is this derailing a conversation that could become more godly than it is? But you just can't help but see something funny sometimes. And then you're missing something that could really edify somebody. All right? So it's important. Know your nature. Amen. And Lord, nurture me by your Holy Spirit. Right? We've all been nurtured in the world or by parents who are flawed. Lord, may you nurture me. Amen. And may your divinity have grace upon my life. Hallelujah. <laughs> because I want to go into rapture, and I believe that God's called me to. But as you are moving that way, you're under his character molding. It's not just like, glory to God, hallelujah. It's hard sometimes what he will hold you to account for. Imagine, um, Paul, like Paul says, all run in a race, but one wins. Using the example of running. If you want to be a really good runter, runner, you might have a rough coach. Right? So do we want, the Lord is not an abusive husbandman. He knows what he's doing and when to prune and when to do this. What we can take, when and where. Oh Lord, let me not hide from it. Oh my, let me not cower when he wants to speak to me and say, you know what, Kyle? You did this wrong. Right? It's like, you know what, a, 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 a helpful way to get through that process is say, Lord, you're right, I'm wrong. Forgive me. Right? Because the devil's waiting right over there just to take you by the hand and give you his counseling. <laughs> I don't want his counseling. <laughs> Amen. I want fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And we need to learn to say, Lord, forgive me. We're so good at justifying our mistakes. Well, you know, it was this person, and they did that, and you know, it wasn't my fault. <laughs> Lord, if, I don't know if it was my fault, but if it was, forgive me. Open my eyes. Help me not repeat mistakes. Do you find time and time again you'll come like around a similar situation? <laughs> oh, my. Lord, help me learn. Oh, my. Do you mind, if you have your Bible, do you mind going to James 3 with me? We're going to try and get this through this pretty quick. Because James, in chapter 2, he kind of brings out some other threads, then he picks something up again in verse chapter 3 I like. Don't get me wrong, I like the whole book. But. <laughs> Hopefully something's helping you. You know, I'm just trying to bring something out in my own way, you know? Like, ah, help me, Lord. Help it make a difference. Help our conversation, Brother Mike. Amen. The way we talk with one another, about one another. The way you talk about people has such a difference. If you have the power and you just speak worlds into existence and go live on them, how about how we talk about one another? <laughs> God bless you. You can do it. Amen. Hallelujah. So chapter 3, he says, My brethren, verse 1, Be not many masters, knowing that we, as teachers, but that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Oh my, 
learn to talk correctly, you're probably going to know how to control your whole body. Hallelujah. Lord, this is so important. And he goes on in verse 3. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet they are turned about with a very small helm, whithsoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold how great matter a little fire kindleth. A little rumor, a little text, gone wild. <laughs> right? Gone viral. It's like, why? Right? And the tongue is a fire and a world of iniquity. So the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and sitteth on the course of nature and is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beasts and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith we curse men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine, figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation or conduct his works with meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. The, this wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first purer than peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Such a good chapter there. Something that sticks out to me is just how in verse 3 and 4, he speaks about, behold, he put, he's likening the tongue to the example of putting bits in the horse's mouths. Small things that are able to turn large creatures. All right? Or ships, which though they be great, are driven uh, and driven of fierce winds, they are turned about with a very small helm. Amen. It just makes me think about how to learn to steer a ship takes skill. It takes wisdom. It takes knowledge. If you're sailing in an ocean and there's nothing else around, you're not in much danger. But all of a sudden there's objects, targets, right? Other boats, other rocks, and so forth. You're going to have to use a lot more skill and care or else you're going to have a shipwreck, all right? <laughs> a, little, a little wheel. Recently, I don't know, a year or two ago, because we go on the ferry a lot, I think because my, my kids are cute, they let us come up to the top deck to go see the, like, where they control the ferry. I was shocked. It's still a wheel. I thought this big boat would be controlled by sonar, just like a radar, just automatic cruise. It's still a guy on a wheel controlling the huge... And you can tell sometimes, because sometimes it, you can really know it's a new driver. <laughs> 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 on the way here, we're going to depart, and <laughs> we hit the thrust blocker, and I, that's a new guy, I thought. You know? <laughs> Bless him, Lord. Help him learn to drive. <laughs> you got to learn somehow. Why not learn on a BC ferry? <laughs> But it's a little wheel. Amen? But if you, if you make a mistake, it could be a big problem. James is giving that example about our tongues, our mouth, our words. It's so important, especially if we want to go on into maturity. It's hard. I know 
to just stay on this subject for some is very hard and makes you squeamish. It's easy to talk about, you know, we need to get Hollywood out of the homes. Amen, right? But the tongue. <laughs> Most of you are believers. You've been around for a long time, all right? There's certain things we should be delivered from, ideally, and growing into, but the tongue is something that I find is still hampering and hindering us as believers, right? From having the atmosphere that we should have. Hallelujah. By having the conversation and the fellowship that we should have. Amen. Even a fool is considered wise if he keeps silent. Hallelujah. I like that. <laughs> that guy's so wise. No, he just doesn't say nothing. <laughs> He's the wisest guy I ever met. Yes. <laughs> Ooh. Even, here's a, here's a good tip. When you get a new job, be quiet for a while. Don't say nothing. But he's a great worker. Because <laughs> the, they're tired of people who talk all the time. And I've done this, and I've been to the moon, and I've done, you know, it's like, no, you haven't. <laughs> You're not getting through probation. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. I gotta go back to work tomorrow. <laughs> but even at work amongst non-Christians, it's learning to use your tongue correctly. Amen. Even though they're not Christians, if you learn how to talk and how to communicate, how to express thoughts. And James speaks about not being wrathful, right? Quick to hear and slow to speak. Amen? Hallelujah. So let's learn. Just as someone has to learn to steer a ship or ride a horse. I've, I'm not good at riding horses. Sorry if you want me to bring out examples about bits and horses. I don't know much about horses, but it takes skill. I believe it. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Help us be willing and knowing that I want to say things that please God, and I know I don't always. And sometimes you're just tired and worn out. And then the tongue gets a bit looser or whatever, and you say things and you hurt people. It's like, Lord, that's not your perfect way. Amen? There's an example I love, and I'll just paraphrase, but in Standing in the Gap, Brother Brennan was hurt, and he was wounded, right? And he's driving in his car, and he's thinking, I'm going to go up into the mountains and take my wife, and I'll just come back out with thus saith the Lord and then disappear again. You know the story kind of? You can go look at it if you want, but God just begins to come into his car and to minister to him. Hallelujah. In his car. I mean, does God come into your car? Does God come on the sky train with you? Do you have space for him? Amen? For God to come to you in those situations? God just begins to come to him and deal with him and encourage his heart. Show him the mountains and so forth. Your name is in those mountains. Branham Peaks and so forth. But he says, God tells him, don't keep calling the people Rickies and Riquettas because my children are out there. Hallelujah, that's so powerful. Yeah. Amen? But he's, you can see his burden as he sees America get worse and worse. Like, why won't they respond? And why won't they repent? And, right? But God said, my children are out there. Amen? God's children are out. God's children are in here too. Right? And so it's important of how we talk about one another. Hallelujah. It's easier to talk nicely about people that we love. Right? Or family. Or our children. Sometimes there's people amongst us that they're different than us. Different backgrounds and so forth. Should they not get the same grace? Natural affinity is powerful. As much as we say brother, sister, there's a natural affinity for our natural family. All right, okay? But to be mature is, to, like, God, did you purchase these people by your blood? These are your children? Just as I was touched by Austin being not nice to my child, how much is God watching over his children? We were, uh, not even a cup of cold water be forgotten. Not even a kind word. A nice water pump handshake, you know? 
Right? Billy Graham talks about that. I think one time we should do handshaking classes. <laughs> Hallelujah. But it makes it, it's the little things that make a difference. I have a, a service on the back part of my mind. I kind of call the mystery of washing dishes. It's, it's God in the little things. Amen? When the home was all, when Sister Mita was all upset, Brother Brennan puts the apron on and goes to washing dishes, changing the atmosphere in the home. You ever had my fried potatoes before? They're the best. <laughs> Amen? God in our lives, God in our homes, changing atmospheres. That's what I want. I hope that's what you want too. Amen? Oh, my. So it's important. How do we talk about not just those that we like or love or those that we go to church with? How do we talk about those who don't go to our church, who are on the outside? Right? Those people that they don't know better. Right? It's, it's, it's so easy. Judging people is so easy. Partly because we forget where we came from. Right? Peter speaks about that after he mentions the verses about the stature of the perfect man. And he talks about how we can forget that we too were purged from our old sins. Right? Hallelujah. It's good for us, again, not to, rem- not to forget the foundation. You were saved by grace. <laughs> you want to go into you know, perfect faith, perfect communion, all these per- perfect, 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 perfect things. Saved by grace. Don't forget the foundation. Amen. Spoken word and all these third pole and all these big words. I love these big words. I love the realities of them. But need the foundation, the grace of God. Amen. It's not because it's not you're so special that God comes and speaks to you. It's because it's grace, because you're his child. You know? Oh, my. So I'm going to read one more quote, and then I'm going to close. Is that okay? <laughs> Thanks, Batom. <laughs> Amen. There's this quote, and um, I'll read it. Maybe the musicians can come. It's long. Do you mind if I just go through it? Because I think it's important. It's, it's 9 o'clock, so I'm, I'm almost where I time frame. It's, it's the, remember the story about the blood bumper? Okay, I'm just going to go through it. Okay, I'll try not to be... I was up at Toledo, Ohio. I was in a revival, and I was having a meeting down there, and so many people, the hotels, and we had been eating at a little Dunkard restaurant. It was a wonderful place. The little ladies in there, just as Christian and sainted looking as they could be, clean, real nice. Sunday come, I got hang- hungry. I'd been fasting a little. I wanted to go across the street to an, a, a little road. Uh, it was closed, so I went to an, a little American place there to eat. A little place, a cafe was open all night. Even that point, I just love it. Don't we always want to go somewhere where we're more comfortable? <laughs> sometimes you're in a place where you're not that comfortable. You're around people where it's not that comfortable sometimes. And I went there about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I wanted to go there before preaching. I didn't know what to do. I walked in, and the first thing I noticed was a young lady about 16, 18 years old, some papa's darling, some mother's darling, standing back there with a boy around her, a bunch of teenagers sitting in the corner. I heard a slot machine, looked over there, and there was a policeman standing there with an arm around a woman up there playing a slot machine. And gambling is illegal in Ohio, you Buckeye people. And you know that's illegal. And here was the law, the policeman playing a slot machine, and a man of my age probably, married, bunch of children, maybe a grandfather, a policeman, road patrol, playing a slot, slot machine. I stood there, nobody noticed me coming in. They were too busy, half of them drunk. So I watched, I heard somebody saying, well, do you think the rain will hurt the rhubarb? I like, I like how he remembers that. Do you think the rain will hurt the rhubarb? You're wondering that also? And I looked around over there, and here's a lady there, old, she was 65, 70, poor lady. I don't blame anyone from looking their best. 
But she had fixed herself, made her hair blue, real blue looking, all cut off over the top, and made it real blue. You see a lot of blue and pink hair these days, right? Part of my thought is it's, it's, the, it's the expansion of this cafe globally. The policeman is gambling. There's all these things over here. People are breaking the law. It's everywhere. Not just in this cafe, but watch how Brother Branham conducts himself. Some of you, I know you know the story. I'm just trying to give some more context. As, well, that's how I see it. <laughs> she was sitting there with an old man in the summertime, one of those gray arm coats, it hanging down like that, a big scarf around his neck, drunk two of them. And there was with this poor old woman. I stood there and I looked and said, God, how can you stand it? How do you look at this? When it makes me a sinner saved by grace, how can you look at it? It looks like the thing would burst open. My little Rebecca and Sarah have to come up under this kind of an influence? Will my two little girls have to meet so, a popular so, known, popular so known world as it is today where the people act like that? Right? Right? What world are we bringing up our kids in? Oh my. But God knows, okay? God, how can I ever, what can I do? Of course, it's his grace. If they were ordained to eternal life, they'll come to it. If they wasn't, they won't. I don't know. That's up to God. I'll do my part. But I thought, God, how can you stand at God? Look, you're so holy that you could just wipe the thing off the earth. I said, look at the poor grandmother mother sitting there. Look at the young girl back there. And here's a woman standing, probably 25 years old, with a policeman with his arms around her, playing a slot machine. He's the law. The nation is gone. Motherhood's gone. Here's the elder gone, and there's a young girl sitting back there, and she's gone. Look at the boys when they ought to be in church somewhere. I said, oh, God, what can I do? And here I am in this city crying with all my heart, and they ignore it and walk away. Well, God, then a thought came. Then a thought came. Right? He's sitting there judging them in his mind, and in parts he's not wrong. Okay? But it says, a thought came and says, if I haven't called them, how can they come? All the Father has given me will come. You have eyes, but you can't see, ears, and you can't hear. I thought, well, if the president would come to town instead of the revival, everybody would come out. Oh, sure, that's worldly. Then I got to thinking, well, God, why don't you just go, come on, send Jesus, and let's have it over with. <laughs> Won't just have it all over with and let it go. Then I began to see something moving in front of me. It looked like a little whirl around like this. I kept watching it. I saw a world turning around and around. I watched it. And it was spraying something off. I looked, and it was a spray of red crimson blood across, like around the world, just like a whirl going around, like a comet. And it had a whirl around like this. And I looked at this whirl, and just above it, I saw Jesus in this vision. He was looking down, and I seen myself standing down here on earth, right? Doing the things that I should not do. And every time I sin, God would have killed me. Because the day you eat thereof, the day you die. And God's holiness and justice requires that you'd have to die. And I looked there, and I kept rubbing my eyes. I'm not. I never went to sleep. It's a vision. I'm sure it's a vision. I kept watching. As I stood there behind the door, I seen my own sins coming up. And every time they would start to hit the throne, his blood would act like a bumper on a car. It caught it. And it, I'd see it shake, and the blood would run down his face. And I seen him raise his hand and say, Father, forgive him. He doesn't know what he's doing. Oh, my, it's so powerful. I know some of us, we heard this a lot, but I've seen myself do something else. It shook him again. Bump. It would have, God would have killed me then. But his blood was catching me. It was holding my sins. I thought, oh, God, did I do that? Surely it wasn't me, but it was. Then I went walking like this, like I was going through that room, and I walked up close to him. I seen a book laying there. It had my name on it. 
all kinds of black letters wrote across it. I said, Lord, I'm sorry I did this. Did my sins cause you to do that? Did I spin your blood around the world? Did I do this to you, Lord? I'm so sorry I did it. And he reached out, and I said, will you forgive me? I didn't mean to. By your grace, I'll try to be a better boy if you'll just help me. He took his hand, patted his side, took his finger, and wrote, pardoned on my book. Throw it over behind him in the sea of forgetfulness. Oh, my. I watched it a little bit. I'm sorry this is so long, but I just love this. And he said, now, I forgive you, but you want to condemn her. Amen. See, you're forgiven, but what about her? You want to blow her up. (laughs) You didn't want her to live. I thought, oh, God, forgive me. I didn't mean to think that. I didn't want to do that. You're forgiven. You feel all right, but what about her? She needs it, too. She needs it. Well, I thought, God, how do you know who you've called and who you haven't? It's my business to speak to everyone. So when the vision left me, I walked over to her. I said, how do you do, lady? And the two men had went to the restroom. She was sitting there hiccuping, you know, bottle of whiskey on the table. It was alcohol. I walked up. I said, how do you do? Oh, hello. Could I sit down? I got company, she said. I said, I didn't mean it that way, sister. She looked at me when I called her sister. She said, what do you want? I said, could I just sit down a minute? Help yourself. I sat down. I told her what had happened. She said, what's your name? And I said, Branham. She come down here. She said, Mr. Branham, I was raised in a Christian family. I got two young girls that's Christian, but certain, certain things happened, and she got on the wrong road. I said, but sister, I don't care. The blood is still around you. The world is covered over with blood. If it didn't, God would kill us, everyone. When the blood has moved, look out for judgment. But now if you die without blood, you go beyond that place. There's nothing to act for you. Today, the blood acts in your stead. I said, lady, sure the blood has still got you covered. As long as you've got breath in your body, the blood has covered you. But someday when the breath leaves here, the soul goes out. You'll go beyond the blood, and there's nothing but judgment. While you got a chance for pardon, I took her by the hand. She was crying. She said, Mr. Branham, I'm drinking. I said, that don't hurt, sister. Another has warned me to come tell you. God has. God, before the foundation of the world, called you, sister, and you're doing wrong. You're making it worse. She said, do you think he would have me? I said, absolutely, he'd have you. There on her knees, we got down in the middle of the floor, an old-fashioned prayer meeting. The police took off his hat, bowed on one knee. There we had a prayer meeting in that place. Why? God is sovereign. Laying aside these dead works, let us go on to perfection, he says. Let's, um, let's move into these realms. Hallelujah. Let's go on to perfection, he says. Oh, my friends, we need the blood of the Lord Jesus. It's so e- When you're in the message for so long, it's so easy to judge and condemn things. But the blood of the Lord Jesus is still available for different people that are out there. And even though there may not be a huge revival like Uganda, when one comes here, one comes in there, we have quotes, right? Like, one soul is worth more than 10,000 worlds. Hallelujah! Let's do something for the Lord. And man, let's not just think we're so spiritual that we can just judge and condemn and convict everybody. We're here for a purpose. The rapture hasn't happened yet. Maybe we can conduct ourselves a little better. Maybe there's a bit more growing that we can do. We can mature a bit. Amen? You know, we take in so much information. This is my last point, okay? We take, well, maybe we'll, once I'm done, we'll sing, Lord, I lift your name if you don't mind. We take in so much information. We process it. We form a belief system, and then we act a certain way, and we speak a certain way, right? Let's make sure that we're taking in the right revelation. Let's make sure our thoughts are based upon the Word of God. Amen? Not just based upon modern culture or status quo or whatever. Let's make sure that we can, our thoughts, our beliefs are anchored in the Word of God. 
in the light of this hour. Amen? Praise the Lord. Maybe we'll stand to our feet. We'll just sing, Lord, I lift your name. Maybe the Dan or someone can help me. Lift your name. Your holy name.
musicians continue to play. There's always something in the word for each and every one of us. The Holy Spirit just takes sometimes a thought and deals with this person. and Sometimes he takes another thought and deals with that person. And I just want to come to a place in my life I want the Lord to do with me. Every service. Every service. And so that God in his great wisdom had Brother Kyle to be here on a Wednesday night. Speak kindly. Be kind to one another. Love one another. By this you shall know that you are my disciples. I don't think any of us things would take offense to think that we think we've got it. I don't think there's anybody I have met in my 48 years, Brother Kyle, where somebody has said, I got it all. The more that I, older I get actually, the more I think I know nothing. And because sometimes we get, sometimes in this age of mind, somehow gets lifted up. But you get more of Christ, you get a little humbler. A little more or less like the world and more like Christ. So where the word fits, we just say, Lord, deal with that area of my life word is true and we stand with your word so if you felt that God dealt with your heart as we pray say Lord deal with me in that area I need to be kinder I need to be I, I need to bridle my tongue I need to do these things soft answer turneth away wrath you want to stir the pot push the buttons but if you say something kind and something nice that changes the whole atmosphere and I just want to be more like him. I don't want to be like anybody else that's in this room. I want to be like the Lord Jesus Christ. And may the word have that kind of effect upon you. And, and ponder these things, saints. Every vessel is going to see the mountain a certain way. And we love each vessel of God. And we just pray that God use Brother Kyle in a special way tonight to speak, not just to your heart, but to my heart. God bless you, Brother Kyle. Let's pray. It's so true, Lord, as a songwriter penned, the more that I surrender. We don't have to pack the burdens and cares of the world. But Lord, you said in your word that cast all your cares upon you for you care for us and so on this Wednesday night Lord you've refreshed us by the word by brother Kyle pray father God that each one of us will take that golden nugget Lord and shine it in days to come take another look at it ponder it lay before the throne of grace and say Lord that was just tailor made for me and it's true, Lord. It's by grace you're saved through faith. So, Father, as a little group and church is growing in Victoria, we pray a great burden will come upon our precious brother Kyle. Lord, that you will take him in, uh, in your arms and care for him and lead him, guide him and give the brothers wisdom and leadership. So, Lord, it might be the last seed 
on the west coast of Vancouver Island that needs to come in, use our brothers and sisters. Bless your children now, Lord, as they ponder on what they've heard tonight. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Sister Christina, God bless you. Thank you for lending us your husband. I always said to the boys when we went on a little bit of a holiday, the first question they asked me, where we're going, is there a church? And I said, well, why would that matter? They said, because if there's a church, you'll end up preaching. Well, Brother Kyle, you can come anytime. Yours, our door is always open. Amen. Why don't you greet one another? Shake one another's hands. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.